This is a Baby Brunch podcast. Hi, everyone. This is our Baby Brunch podcasts in our parenting series of ordinary people who do extraordinary stuff. And an ordinary chick with really red hair <laughs> and really cool glasses. How come they're green on the side, though? Just to keep you interested. Okay, you I know. am. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're basically part of my face because I have to wear them all the, all time. the time. So, How bad is your eyesight? It's terrible. It's terrible. I'm practically blind. <laughs> oh, no. Please don't be blind. <laughs> I'm, I'm like a minus 10 in my one really? eye and minus I'm just saying that in the other eye and I'm incredibly short-sighted. I can't see a thing. Corin is with us in our studio today for our podcasts. Do you know why we asked you? Um, be- because uh, my children are fascinating and they awesome are fascinating. people. And I'm lucky enough to be in their lives. <laughs> I think you're more fascinating too. Because um, I'll tell you how I know Corin. So Corin, you, you are, I have three really incredibly uh, intelligent friends. Two of them have an MBA and the other one's a writer. You're the writer. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Okay, so tell everyone, what do you do? What do you do for a living? I write and produce television and theatre when I can. And she reads a lot. Yes, I read a lot. How many books do you have? Oh, hundreds, hundreds of books. There's bookcases everywhere in my house. That's, uh, yeah, everywhere. Do 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 people come up to you and say, I want a TV job? Uh, sometimes, mostly they send me their scripts, like, okay. like, oh, my second cousin wrote a script, please, can you read it and mm-hmm. get feedback to me by tomorrow? Of because, course. you know, I have that constantly. <laughs> That's the main thing, yes. What are you reading at the moment? I just finished reading, um, Jodie Pickle's latest book, which deals with race in America, which is a huge departure for her. And she says it's really changed her life and how she sees things. And, um, that was a really beautiful thing to read. I'm working on an adaptation of a book, so I'm, I'm reading that, but that's uh, a different kind of reading. You have to turn on a different part of your brain. (laughs) And, um, yeah, I've been looking back at some of those, you know, those books that you feel like you ought to have read that I never did. Um, I think I still haven't read them. I just don't have time. Yeah. See, that's why we record podcasts so that people don't have to read. (laughs) (laughs) There's a beautiful book called How to Be Incredibly Well Read in One Evening. And it's just like summarizes all the books for you. Okay, but who's it by? I'll find if I've got a copy, I'll lend it to you. Will you really? And then you can pretend. And it's like got little summaries of all of them. Um, I'll give you wine. (laughs) Sorry, I don't have anything else. Fantastic. It goes well with books. So, yeah. (laughs) Tell me about your kids. Yes. Who are your children? I have two incredible boys. Uh, Tim is 17 and Liam is 12. And yes, they are wonderful, unique creatures. They're very much their own people. I've seen them operate and they adore you. Oh. Most people do because you you are you're very <laughs> likable because you're intelligent and she has these bookcases that she's referring to. But um, yes. I've, I, I think they really, like growing up, I thought my dad was extremely intelligent. Mm. And up until this day, I mean, I love my mom and dad. I spend a lot of time with them. Mm. And I can see how your children just adore you. They they think that you are the best. Oh, thank you. I try. I try. I think I'm the I'm the nerdy, geeky, strange mom. I give them interesting experiences and but I really just as I say, encourage them to be them. And a lot of what they do is entirely their own doing. Like Liam, the 
you know, he wanted to learn Japanese and he was quite adamant that that's what he wanted to do. And so he found Japanese classes and that's what he's doing. And then he's in a class with, you know, a 40-something lawyer and a bunch of people in their 20s and one or two high school students and little Liam. And, you know, that's that's the way they operate. (laughs) Do people criticize you for being a, let's assume that you're a free parent. You allow your kids to feel and do what they want to do. Mm. I have been told it's very interesting because I've been told that really in terms of my politics and so on, which is quite far to the left, but I think that affects and influences how you approach everything in life, really. I've been told, well, you're indoctrinating your children. Really? And I'm going, but but we all do. And that's mm. the thing. And I think you don't see it is that if you want to call it indoctrinating, if that's the word you want to use, then if you're a particular religion, you indoctrinate your children into mm. that religion. But you do it because you believe that that is the right way and the right thing, you know. And so, yes, I teach my children about social justice issues and I encourage them to speak their minds and I encourage them to to be passionate and motivate and work hard and and be different and push those boundaries. And yes, a lot of people think that that's, that children should be something else and they should be kind of, you know, put in nice little boxes and be predictable and um, that doesn't work for me. I think you and your family <laughs> are far from predictable. You're a, you're a single mom. Yes. How did you become single? Um, well, uh, by getting a divorce uh, is the, the technical answer. Um, but the the boy's father, uh, he lives in the UK now. Uh, he hasn't spoken to the kids for about six years. Mm. And he, he, you know, he, he likes things when they're going his way. Mm. And when they stop going his way, he doesn't he like things anymore. Mm. And uh, for a long time, we kind of tried to, you try to make things work for the kids and then you go, but actually what's best for the kids is not that. What's best for the kids is not arguments and tension. And I essentially had a third child and I wasn't willing. I had two that I needed Mm. to give my attention to. I wasn't willing to have a third one. So, yeah. Um, So... It's, it's, uh, there's, we're the three musketeers. That's, that's what we are. <laughs> what's the, what's the most fun that you have as a single mom? Cause I mean, being married, I know that I consult my husband for a lot of stuff before making a decision. <laughs> and because I have stepchildren, yes. I have to sometimes through my husband consult another mother as well. Right. So no decision is ever just made. I have two other people who I kind of have to report into. Yes. <laughs> what's. What's the most fun about being a single mother? I think it is that. I mean, it's exactly that. Is that, you know, if I decide... Uh, we go on holiday. Tonight, <laughs> yeah, we're going on a holiday. Or tonight we're going to screw homework. We're going to go to Hot Bay and have fish and chips on the rocks because it's a beautiful I day. Come. <laughs> <laughs> and I can just do that and I don't have to consult another adult, you know. So, of course, there's that. And... I I mean, you know, for, there's so much joy that comes from the kids and the bonds that you have with the mm-hmm. kids and the adventures that you have. You know, uh, Liam and I like to go road tripping and He's super um, cute. Very cute uh, we we planning our planning our cosplay outfits for FanCon, you know. Um, what are you planning? Oh we're our outfits. She just had a glint in her eye. And and just so you know, Karen wears <laughs> what kind of red is that on your lips? Um this is called 
Infinite scarlet, this one. <laughs> Which means it's almost orange and you're a shade of like peach. <laughs> Beautiful. You look great. Thank you. What are you planning? Are you going on holiday again? No, no. Well, no, we are going to go. So your English is too good. I don't understand it. No, there's fa- <laughs> fan con Because Afrikaans, yeah. Um, where all the nerds and geeks get together and you dress up as characters and Liam's done so it quite funny. a lot, but now this year we're going we're going big this year. We're Please send me pictures. Year. I will. Okay, do. This is awesome. Yes. Okay, so you get to play. What what sucks about being a single parent? Uh, that it's just you. You know, you can't be sick. You can't be tired. You can't be. There's no options. It's um, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's you and those kids. Those responsibilities don't go away. So. Mm. If you've got the worst flu of your life, you're still getting up in the morning and taking them to school and you're still the one making plans for dinner and sorting out, you know, everything that needs to be done because it's just you and you're the one paying for everything, which, mm. you know, is uh, expensive. And hard. <laughs> and hard. And yeah, you don't get a, you don't get any time off and that's... No matter what, you know, even if I'm traveling or whatever else, there's wonderful people in my life that help and assist and are there. But the bottom line is always you. Uh, you, You're talking about traveling immediately. I think of what you do for a living. Your your job is so creative and you, and I mean this, you Mm. are so well read that I enjoy, (laughs) I enjoy our conversations because um, you just know so much. You know a lot, you know, because Mm. you have time to read. I don't have time to read. (laughs) But do you think that there's space for that where you say to your boss, I'm a single mom, and then they actually have a little bit of sympathy? Like if you say, I can't be in a particular place because my children need you, do you find that people are supportive of that? So I'm very lucky because I have found a boss who's incredibly supportive of that. Did you choose and, him? Um, he wanted me for the job. Okay. And I was very clear up front right. that I had certain things like that. that were – just not, I can't negotiate them. Mm. I can't negotiate them. Um, my oldest son has autism. I have to see his psychologist every so often. I can't just not do that, mm. you know. Mm. Um, so I have certain things which I I just have to adhere to in my life. And he was, he's a family man himself and he absolutely understands that mm. also my belief is you get the best out of people when you treat yes. them like people. They're not things. They're not machines. They're not functions of something. So obviously I work in TV and there's times when you're on set and a deadline is a deadline. Deadlines are sacred in my line of work. I mean, as a writer, you never miss a deadline. So my job is, can I manage my time Mm. around what needs to be done? But my job doesn't need to be done in office hours. So if things need to happen during office hours, I can make up that time on my own time, in the evenings, in the weekends. I can make that happen. So it's a give and take where they give you the trust and you take that responsibility. Mm-hmm. But provided you live up to that and you follow through, I think it absolutely works for the best because you you get people's loyalty when you treat them and their family like they matter. You I know? like that. You win people's loyalty when you treat them and their families like they matter. Yes. Wow. Absolutely. Let's talk about... Your sons. Yes. One of the things that I told Karen is is that I want to unpack this because I'll tell you what happened to me last week. Uh, I take my daughter to 
uh, well, both my daughters, I take them to, to dinner. We don't often go to dinner because it's mm -hmm. expensive and also because our children are very young. <laughs> and so when we do get out every three mm -hmm. months, every second month, it's kind of an occasion, you know. Yes. And there we are and my daughter has really big hair because mm. – I'm black and my husband looks the way he does. So she has really big hair. <laughs> and, and a woman walks past and she says, oh, mm. ah, is it a wig? <laughs> and I look at this lady and immediately I realize something. I realize that she sees us as different. Mm. And, and different in this case, uh, even though she thought it was funny, um, it wasn't nice for me. Yeah. And and I know that sometimes people see your son as different. Mm. And I want to talk about that because maybe maybe a conversation, a podcast like this, will help people understand what are some of the things that you don't say or how do we understand people, children, humans, mm. why we don't just go up to people and touch them. <laughs> Please don't touch my child's hair. Because <laughs> I'm a mother. <laughs> yes. What was your son diagnosed with? Yeah. So Tim has a dyspraxia and he's on the autism spectrum, uh, which is also known as Asperger's. They're the same thing. So I think, first of all, a lot of people don't know that. Um, dyspraxia is, it's really in the same family, I guess, as dyslexia, which more people know about. Dyspraxia is that the signals from your brain don't get to your hands or your, your coordination. It, it affects your coordination. Um, so this, so they say it's about 400 times harder for people with dyspraxia to do anything with their hands. So hold a pen, tie your shoelaces, uh, all of those very everyday kind of things that you don't have to think about. Right. And you know what you want to do in your brain, but your hand doesn't do that. And so there's an incredible amount of frustration, I think, especially mm. for younger children. Yes. Because... You know, you, you compare yourself always to people around you. You look at what they're capable of. You know, and, and he also, he has an incredible amount of perfectionism. So mm. he knows how wrong by classic standards things are. Um, but it's not something that, that you can control. Um, it also can affect your planning abilities, um, in, in terms of how you can structure tasks, even break things down for yourself because, there's there's just an, an area of the brain which functions in a different way to the typical. Sure. You you know, because I had to ask you about this. I'm familiar with, mm. with autism, but that's yes. only because I know one of my children. Yeah. I'm, I'm the godmother of a, a, a boy who has autism, so I understand yes. it. Yes. But the minute you don't understand something, you, you almost don't know how to ask and you know so much about it. What are some of the misconceptions about dyspraxia? I mean, I think really dyspraxia is just, it is the main thing is that it's not really known about. It's not something that his teachers automatically knew about. Um, and it's, it's not something that's understood. So one of the main things that it affects just, especially in schooling, now he's luckily out of that is, is your handwriting. Mm. So his handwriting still looks like the handwriting of a six year old. Um, and so, that's not a true reflection in any way um, because once we got him an iPad and he started writing, he writes a chapter a day of his fan fiction. He writes books? And, oh, yes, he writes. Uh -uh. And, um, you know, so as a small child, you want to avoid 
doing the thing that's difficult. Mm. So the thing that's difficult is is doing something with your hands. So he would do anything in his power to avoid doing the work when he was a child. And that's seen as naughtiness, that's seen as mm. disobedience, that's seen as as Lazy. all of these things. Absolutely. Mm. Or maybe he's too stupid. Maybe he doesn't Oi. understand. Maybe we need People to hold say him that? back. Oh, I was told when he was little, I was told that he needed to stay back. And he ended up matriculating last year at 16, having wow. skipped two grades. Um, we should deliver the report so card to... <laughs> <laughs> and, and even when he was older, I had a school that refused to take him with his iPad because they said... Oh, that's difficult for the teachers. What if the other kids wow, want because she would have to work a little bit harder. And, and I'm going, but you don't stop a kid with, with, with hearing aids from having hearing aids in your class. My child needs help with writing. Yeah. He needs, and there is an aid. It works for him. Giving him the iPad puts him on an equal playing field with everybody else. You're right, because then but he can function. Absolutely. Is he in a, in a school like other kids? I mean, you said he matriculated last year. So where do, I, where do I send a child who I think has dyspraxia? Well, I mean, the, where he ended up when we just absolutely loved and adored them was Progress College. And they just, they're, they're not a special school. It's, it's a college and they take all kinds of kids. They have also quite a few sort of young adults that are going back to try and finish their education. And they really see people as individuals. They had some kids there that were transitioning. They had a couple of kids with other sorts of disabilities. Mm. And they really just go, focus on yourself. You don't have to worry about other people. Mm. You don't have to judge them. You don't have to think about them. You're here on your journey. And they were incredibly willing to just find what worked, find what helped. Uh, Tim ended up doing a combination of of classes with them and working with a tutor because for some things he he's working better one-on-one. But yeah, they were just incredibly willing to to find that space. And it's a real problem because there's very few schools, schools. that are equipped and that are willing um, wow. to deal with difference because it's it's difficult. It's It's, you know, as soon as somebody doesn't fit in your little box, you make life harder. Can't we just make the main thing the main thing? It's all about learning, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Can't we just all teach and then... Absolutely. It's in, and, you know, it's this weird... Uh, there was I saw a lovely analogy a few years ago, which was it's like a conveyor belt and you get put on the conveyor belt according to your age. That's that's apparently what... At fall off that you know, conveyor belt. Absolutely. So we go, oh, well, you're seven. You should do this, 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 this and sure. this. And going, that doesn't work for everybody. Mm. And... Obviously, there's needs to be some, there needs to be times when we go, what works for the most number of people? We need to make all of those things. We absolutely understand. There's a system, there's a huge amount of children that need an education. But there are so many kids that get lost and get forgotten about and that we lose and that really are the, the people that think differently, the people that are going to innovate, the people that are going to change, that are going to bring new ideas uh, if we get them to that place as adults where they're equipped to do so. I've seen you being quite outspoken on social media about about these things that we need to know about. Mm. I want to touch on on autism. Yes. Um, I've I've seen a post of yours that talks about autism autism awareness. Yes. How how does a child get diagnosed? Like how do you know, okay, so this is what's going on? Um, again, it's difficult. It's difficult because autism is not one thing. And I think that's why, and it's, and it's not a visible, Mm. it's an invisible disability is what they talk about. 
Um, so autism, they talk about the spectrum. And again, I think a lot of people imagine like a, a volume knob, you know, mm. when they think of a spectrum. And that's not hard work. <laughs> Uh, yes. either it's 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 kind of like there's a circle and if you're in that circle you have mm. autism but the different aspects of it there's it can affect your language it can affect your social abilities it can affect you sensorily and with Tim he's has no problems with his language he's the most verbose child he writes he loves language other children are almost nonverbal or completely nonverbal so that can can you manifest in different ways um, on the social side, he has a lot of difficulty. He has a lot of difficulty reading social cues, understanding people, um, expressing himself in a way that works with other people. And, and a lot of it comes down to, um, uh, which can be a blessing as well, is when you don't pick up on social cues, you don't get socialized. You don't mm. get you don't automatically learn these norms and rules of society right. that we all pick up on. Does he have friends? Um, he has his best friend in the entire world, Benjamin, <laughs> who we adore and Sweet. love. And they've been best friends since grade three, so since they were about eight or nine. Um, he's had one or two other friends, but it's very difficult to make mm. friends. He was very badly bullied as well. Mm. And... I think going back to the awareness side of things and, and you asked about how do you get diagnosed. I mean, I think it's it's very difficult because, it's, you know, you know, whenever you have your first child, you know nothing. Like mm. you, you're making everything up as you go along. Yeah. And and I did. Um, of course. Yeah. And and we still are. I mean, yeah. he's 70 and I'm still making it up as I go along. Mm-hmm. And and so you don't know necessarily that your child is different because that's the only reference you have mm-hmm. is your child. And so with Tim, it was sort of early on in schooling, uh, sort of the end of grade one, that we we got a diagnosis. Um, And the diagnosis is only helpful, really, in terms of trying to get other people to look at how they interact with a child. And I I think that it's not useful as a label. It's not useful as a, you know, Mm. nothing like that. It's, It's about trying to get other people, and that's where the awareness and, and so on comes in, is going, you assume everyone is going to think like you do. Mm. That's that's the basis. We all do. We, mm. we all kind of try and think through scenarios and, and needing to understand uh, people who think differently, whose brains work differently, and that that's not wrong and yours isn't right. It's just different. Um, and there's a lot of misconceptions about autism, yes. and there's a lot of... A lot of places where my son is incredibly lucky because my son is a white boy and my son, we've been able to give him the education that he needs and we've been able to provide that for him. Um, It's far more dangerous for kids who absolutely don't have that kind of support, who often then end up dropping out of school because they just can't fit into that environment. Mm. So they end up with no options, with a lot of anger and frustration again because you've done nothing wrong. Mm. You you're being punished kind of for being different. Um, There's a huge rate of arrest of people on the spectrum because uh, they don't react in the same way. So the police go, put your hands up uh, if there's a whole lot of people and we don't know who's suspicious and you might panic and, and, curl up in a ball and or you might run away because you just don't understand what are you, you telling process. me so are you wow and so there's there's efforts in the u.s to get uh police to hang out with people on the spectrum to try and understand them mm. to 
um, to try and work with them because um, there's there's a real lack of understanding and there's a real lack of effort to understand. I saw a, a doc, let's call her a doctor for the sake of a, a, a title. Yes. And she said two things to me when I referred to my autistic godson. She said to me, um, children like that should rather not be born. Mm. She said this. Yeah. It was also the last time I saw her. Um, but she said, mm. uh, children like this shouldn't be born. And the other the other misconception that there is is that children with autism are dangerous. And that's completely untrue. And this comes up again and again when um, when white people kill people because otherwise it's terrorists. We all know that. But if it's white people, it's mental illness. And so often you find people being diagnosed mm. with autism by like psychologists online who've never met these people, mm. um, by the journalists, by whatever else. And autistic people can be dangerous to themselves. They mm. can self-harm. Mm. Um, they're not dangerous. There's no studies ever that have shown that. Mm. They they avoid conflict. They avoid, you know, um, they don't want that. They're If there's any kind of, as I say, violence, it's either towards yourself a lot mm. of times or possibly if if you're like, in a crisis situation, you might accidentally hurt somebody. But no, it's absolutely not linked to violence at all. What do you want to say to moms, dads, parents, single moms who mm. are listening to this cast going, oh, I feel so trapped. This is my situation. But they're not as creative and free because yeah. you are. I mean, yeah. Karen, you love all people, white people, black people. Karen's got like, Black brothers and sisters that I've never met. Okay. Like when I see her post, she goes, This is Liam's godbrother, godson, yeah. godmother, and they look like me. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my word. Absolutely. What what do you want to say to those moms? I mean, I I I know where I know where my sister's been when when it comes to her baby. Yeah. You know? So it's it's often a battle. It's often a fight. And you and you feel like you're in a war sometimes because people will tell you things about your child. They will, a lot of people wanted him on medication and I'm going, what for? There's no medication for autism. Mm. You know, what do you want to drug him and calm him down? Mm. I mean, that's, what does that achieve? You know, um, for some people, that's absolutely the right thing to do, but you, you've got to have an expert telling you that, not just a teacher who wants to calm a kid in their class. Sure. Um, you're going to find even sometimes people close to you that don't understand who are going to judge you as, again, think your child is being naughty, think whatever. Um, but I think the main thing is to that you have to embrace it. You know, my, my, my son's seen experts through the years who've often told me that their biggest struggle for that child is the parents, mm. is when the parents are, are not willing to, to perhaps let go of ideals they might have had previously about what their child might be um, and also believe that they can somehow discipline their child into being normal, into fitting the mold, you know, that, oh, if you don't achieve these marks at school, then I'm going to ground you, I'm going to take this away from you, I'm going to even hit you or whatever oh, yeah. else. And, and that's just... That's you're not going to achieve anything. You're going to make yourself miserable. You're going to make your child miserable, and and so you really need to make sure that you put the child first. There's also, you know, unfortunately, there's often a problem where parents center themselves, 
and they make it about them. Okay. And they make it about my life is so hard because I have a child who's different. I have Is your life hard? I mean, you know, my life is hard, but my life is also awesome sometimes. And mm. I think everyone has times when yes. life is hard and life is awesome. awesome. Yeah. And I, I think that if you try and be a victim or you even try and portray your child as a victim, then you, you're missing the points and but you're missing Karen, out. my life, you don't know and my life. My life is much worse than yours. And what are you, but that's the thing is, what are you going to achieve by that? Mm. You're not going to achieve anything by that. What you need to look at is who is my child? What do they need? Mm. Um, and how can I help? Because that's my job. I'm their parents. That's my job. My job is to raise this child and to give them the best possible chance in life. And it's not about what I want or what would be easy for me or what would make sense for me. It's, that's, that doesn't matter. He matters or she matters if you've got a daughter in this he situation. And she matters. I love that. You know, and we're just here to try and make that happen. And that's the thing is you have a particular hardship if you're dealing with this. Mm. But again, you have particular joys. And, you know, one of the things um, Tim psychologist said to me is, you know, your son is never going to lie to you because that's not a thing he can do. <laughs> um, so that's a lovely thing as a parent yeah. of teenagers. Like, you know, he's not keeping any secrets from you because <laughs> he can't keep Please. secrets. That's not a what thing is he, he good does. At? Oh, he, I know he can he, write. He writes, he creates, he's doing a game design internship at the moment. Game um, design? Yeah. You say that like he's reading. Diary of a Wimpy Kid, like, uh, oh, he's, he's making games. He he wants to design computer games and be the That's next amazing. thing. And so his little brother's learning programming now so that they can do it together and take over the world. Do, do, um, so I wanted to ask you this. Does does the younger one um, f- at all feel, out? I need more attention because you're spending so much time with my brother? Abs- you know, absolutely it comes mm. up sometimes. And I think that... Um, I think that Liam is an incredibly compassionate, generous child. And I think that a lot of that is because he's grown up with a brother who has particular needs, who has particular demands. Um, and I think it's essential to to make sure that that siblings don't feel less important or less than, but also um, that it's a great lesson to learn that sometimes actually you're really lucky. You're really lucky that you don't need this extra attention mm-hmm. you're really lucky that you can do that for yourself so, and yeah. you don't need and you don't need me to do that for you and and I think that also Liam's been such a gift to Tim because like you know Liam's like oh Tim you're so funny and you're so mm-hmm. clever and you said and to have that kind of respect that you know that that's oh well I might not be able to do some of those other things but actually here's the thing I can do and and what else Tim is good at? Tim is really good with with some um, little children. He's yes, I know. really okay. caring and yes. and gentle and and he adores, you know, helping other people. I mm. think that's that's something both of my boys have is is that yeah. You are you're a great writer. And imagine you are being instructed, because people do that to us, <laughs> to to write a book. Mm. About about your children, what would the title be? Oh, I don't know. That's a difficult question. But it's 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 their own selves. That's what it is. Because they are such their own people, and I I'm in such awe of the confidence that they have in mm. who they are and the certainty that they have in who they are. I mean, Liam, 
was talking about dressing up for FanCon, but I, since he was tiny, he's gone out dressed up as a wizard or dressed up as this, and he'll, <laughs> you know, he started taking his his stuffed toy to school, and suddenly all the boys wanted to bring their stuffed toys to school, nice. and. He's just so sure of who he is yeah. and what he is. And and Tim as well. He knows a hundred percent. Um and that's a that's a, something that I think I struggled with for a long time. And I think that it's it's a real joy to just let them be them. Life doesn't come with a manual, but it does come with a mother. And I think you're doing a fantastic job. I admire you. I don't, you know, when you look at someone and you go, you, you, you think to yourself, I don't know how she does it. <laughs> I look at you and I think, I don't know how she does it. Mm. So thanks for being an inspiration to all of us as an ordinary person who does extraordinary things. I, I think you're phenomenal. And um, won't you please share more of those books that you read? Yes. You need to get me the title of that, eh? Absolutely. Will you? I will. What's it called again? How to Become Incredibly Well Read in One Evening. I want that. I want to be well read. I would like to be well. If you want to listen to any other podcasts about parenting, these are really cool people who they're just lending support and sharing their stories. Babybrunch.co.za. My name is Ilana. Um, would you like more jelly babies? Um, I think this is Which one's your favorite? The Which, orange. The orange? Yes. How come the orange one? I just just, just... I like the black and the red one. Mm. Because of the way they taste. Yeah, that's the best reason to like sweets. <laughs> <laughs>